Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Bereans Bible Prophecy Podcast. It's been so long, I don't remember the name of this thing. Uh, I always have to go back and examine what we what I talked about in the past. I don't want to repeat myself. However, I am going to do that today. Uh, I really want to get back to the basics of searching for truth. And the reason that came up is because there was a debate that just dropped on YouTube between Chris White and Joel Richardson debating the uh, premise of false Jewish Messiah. And I've mentioned in the past, I'm on the side of Chris White here. I I think scripture overwhelmingly proves that uh, the Antichrist will be a uh, false Jewish Messiah, whether he's fake Jew or appearing to be a Jew or is a Jew, he certainly is presenting that to the uh, nation of Israel, and that draws them in. Uh, It ultimately draws in the Christians, or majority, and uh, the rest of the world with it. And I think there's plenty of scripture to uh, show that, and other surrounding issues that support that as well in a secondary way. The debate is over two hours long. I It's highly recommended that you watch this. It is a fantastic presentation of a lot of prophetic content. And um, regarding the debate, I saw the initial 30 minutes with Chris, and then I saw Joel Richardson's initial or intro statement, and you know, and he makes a great statement, you know, we have to base everything on scripture, blah, 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 all, I mean, I say it, you say it, we all believe it, or should say we all state it, but uh, very few, very few people really believe it or execute it, uh, or execute what they say uh, is a requirement, because immediately what Joel Richardson does is, you know, after, you know, one second after, you know, we've got to stick to the scripture, you know, or, you know, an opinion is invalid and all that kind of stuff. We're all biased. All that's true. Then he immediately goes into this pie chart of how uh, all the religions of the world make up 99% of the religion that is practiced, Christianity, Islam, and everything else, and then 1%, and probably less than 1%, is the nation Israel slash Judaism, or whatever you want to call their worship. He doesn't really, he lays out a bunch of dots and paints this uh, scenario of, you know, come on. Are you, you know, Chris is saying, and those in this camp, and I'm with him, uh, are saying that, Something that is representative of less than 1% is going to rule the world, take over the world and seduce the world and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and he kind of shows that, are you kidding me? How is this possible? Because it's the exact opposite of what we see. I mean, what we see is uh, the two religions of the world, Christianity and Islam, making up the majority and then the rest is a mishmash of, I mean, I don't want to minimize it because there's a lot of, you know, there's billions of people in that, but it's, 
it's di- it's made up of all kinds of uh, uh, Eastern religion and mixes and mashups of things and evolutions of one into another. He he immediately goes into a non-scriptural evidence here. I mean, so what? That's my answer, and that's that's what the answer of anyone who is seeking the truth and regards scripture as the final authority, and that is whatever we see, if it doesn't align with what scripture says is going to happen, so what? I mean, that is where scripture is absolutely clear. Now, there's certain scripture that's very ambiguous. I've covered this in the past. It's ambiguous. It often has double meanings or multiple meanings uh, that are revisited through history, and they you know there may be a major historical event, but there are multiple spiritual shadows that are reflected throughout Scripture, throughout our lives, and all that. I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about events that are irrefutable uh, to happen. He immediately jumps to, you know, come on. Without saying it, he's saying it. Come on. How's this even possible? Israel's 1% of the whole world or less. They're going to take over the world. Right. Sure. And then he goes into, he goes into scripture that uh, is very uh, loosely supportive of his position all because he has to land back at his solution, which is this is a Muslim antichrist, a non-Jewish Middle Eastern antichrist figure. Now, how does he get there? Because it's what you see now. It's absolutely what we've experienced in the last 20 years. Now, the Middle East has always been, you know, in tension, but only in the last, only since maybe 9-11 have we really seen a, 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 a refocusing on it. You know, the U.S. has been over there mired in Afghanistan and Iraq since then for, you know, 20 years now. And hundreds, if not thousands of books supporting the premise that the Antichrist will be Muslim. And I can guarantee you, it, it's only because that is what our current geopolitical picture presents. Where's the proof in that? You back up 20 years prior to that, and every single prophecy book was written about uh, some Russian antichrist, and Nikolov, and you know Putin, and Gorbachev, and all these guys. It is so disappointing to see our so-called scholars, they can only express what they see and they can't read scripture for what it is unbiased and just go logically where it takes us. Let me close with, you know, I've presented material from Ernest Martin and Bob Cornuki about how the Temple Mount is actually Fort Antonia the Roman Fort Antonia, and that the actual the actual Temple Mount was in the city of David. Plenty of scripture to back that up. And um, 
this is along those lines. There's a guy named Andrew Hoy that uh, Derek Gilbert just interviewed three or four weeks ago. You can find him on Revelations Radio. Um, Andrew Hoy was a guest, and I'll let him tell his own story, but basically he he kind of fell into some researching the the ancient tabernacle of the wilderness. And, you know, we've all seen pictures on a flannel graph and those that are in our head of what that rectangular tabernacle looked like, the skins and all that and the elaborate detail, all that. Essentially, he's a mechanical engineer, and I love these types. I'm a double E, so I love people that really get in and scrutinize tradition and weigh it against scripture and see see what scripture really says. And he's done a ton of research into scripture and the physics of just how this tabernacle was put together. And basically, he brings out a conclusion that the tabernacle was circular, which makes infinitely more sense uh, physics-wise uh, as to the shape and the load-bearing capability of the structure, the uniqueness of the structure, and uh, just how Scripture reads. Because I, I, I guarantee you, if we spent a podcast, we could find a lot of Scripture that gets quoted that uh, there are a lot of details that just get dropped by the wayside because they don't seem to fit. And when you come back to them years later, this is one of those cases where things line up perfectly when you are able to see things without that prior bias. So uh, look him up. It's, uh, his project is called Project 314. 314 represents pi. And you'll see that the the uh, constant pi plays an important part in the uh, in any circle, but uh, certainly within the temple structure, it's actually written into the details uh, 314 that Andrew Hoy H O Y. So look him up. He's on YouTube in a couple of places. He does have a website and. Uh, the best interview that I've seen so far is with Derek Gilbert. Check him out. Demand the truth. Demand the whole truth. Nothing added. Nothing taken away. And uh, and allow it to form your conclusions. If If you are unwilling to search for the truth and go wherever it leads you against any tradition that you were raised in, then you're not seeking the truth. You're seeking some of it. And maybe seeking some of it is okay, but you can't form a conclusion until you're willing to go wherever it leads. I will talk to you later. Have a great week.